Here at the Cavaliers Basketball Club podcast, we wanted to share with you that we use Anchor by Spotify because we find it to be the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Exactly. With Anchor, you can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. You can distribute your podcast with the click of a button to platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and my favorite, Overcast. It's also helpful that Anchor is the only place that you can directly post video podcasts to Spotify. And it's completely free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. It's the Cavaliers Basketball Club Podcast. It's basketball time to kill. Love picks up Curry. Kyrie Irving from downtown. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. It's over. It's over. The 52 year is over. The Cavaliers have won the NBA championship. Cleveland, this is for you. Sexton works on Irving. Hey. The and one. It's the NBA lottery, and we thought we'd do a quick special edition episode to give you our immediate reactions. Me first. That was over quick. How about you? Yeah, that was over quick. The draft is always a fun night. I'm actually happy that we are picking at 14. What did you think about Verjao being there? Symbolic. No, it was a nice opportunity for him to be there and represent a team that I think it mattered to him that he played for us. It mattered to us that he played for us. He was a high-energy guy. He was a fan favorite. And, um, you know, either you loved him or you hated him. As a Cavs fan, you probably loved him. So, you know, it's kind of neat sometimes to see some of these players come back. Uh, Two years ago, we saw him on the court playing for us, and uh, I'd rather see him like this. So, how about you? Yeah, I completely agree. I I thought it was fun to see him kind of as an ambassador for the team in this situation. I mean, he was a very fun player. He was a really important player. I still remember uh, you and me and a buddy of ours scalped some tickets when the Cavs played the Lakers. And Verjao ended up hitting the game-winning shot with, like, seconds to spare. LeBron had, like, driven down the lane and passed it over to Verjao. Not even in the corner, just, like... A little bit to the side and uh Verjao hit the shot and the place erupted this was back when Verjao didn't really have a shot yet yeah you know he he definitely developed one over the years and I I really gave him a lot of credit for that as a player every year he came in with refining his skill set just a little bit more to the point where he really by the end of it especially the end of him being a Cavs player he really fulfilled the power forward role, especially off the bench, the way that you expected him to be able to. I feel bad that tonight he was there for really no no reason at all. He could have Skyped in because this was almost a foregone conclusion at, with a 99.7% chance of staying at 14. So Yeah, he got some face time. Right. That being said, we're still at 14. We talked a little bit about that last episode. What do we think about that? I mean, how did it transpire? Do we care about the other teams and (laughs) what picks they have? 
it'll be interesting to see how some of the mock drafts kind of revamp just because I know the orders switched a little bit with Orlando being the number one overall. They haven't had the number one overall pick since Dwight Howard. I don't really know if they technically need a center uh, again, but they'll probably obviously go like best player available. In my mind, I was, like we mentioned, it was sudden, but I'm actually happy that we're at 14, kind of just by what you and I have been mentioning with this is a really deep draft, so I'm seeing in a lot of mocks many different types of players possibly going to the Cavaliers, and I'm kind of glad that it is still a pick. You know, we could have jumped all the way up into the top five if we weren't at 14, the way that the uh, the lottery works. And I would have found that a exciting, but I think the team might have found, found that a little difficult to manage because they would have potentially had another really high level or a high number pick that they would have to bring in. And there's expectations of starting and all these other things, right, for these young players. So at 14, I'm just happy that we'll get a really, hopefully, a good solid player who can establish a role and be brought along a little bit more slowly and that way we're not dealing with too many egos, per se, is kind of what I'm getting at. I misspoke, actually. We had a 2.4% chance of going to a different pick, so not quite 99.7. Yeah, <laughs> I understood where you're coming from. But it's interesting, you know, just an hour after the lottery has ended, you've got Cleveland.com reporting that, well, the Cavs' luck has finally run out. Mm-hmm. These headlines are just ridiculously <laughs> stupid. Uh, they because our luck ran out two years ago when we or three years ago, four years ago when Kevin Love couldn't stay healthy and LeBron yeah. left, and yeah. and we've been kind of reeling ever since. And as far as how this last season went, it was a disappointment because our luck had run out. Um, so whatever. Uh, at the end of the day, the fourteenth pick is. I expected us to stay there, and the fact that we're even picking at all, the disappointment of the season and how we ended up here in the first place, this is just, okay, I'm excited to see what we might get out of it. And again, we may trade it away in the sense that we may pick someone and then trade them away. We don't need this pick, and this is probably the first time in a while that I can think of that we don't need it. It's not that we can't use it, it's just that we don't need it. So picking at 14 is not a sad situation to be in because we don't need anything higher than that what would we do if we somehow were picking in the top five with the team that we already have i think i'm excited to see now that it's official what are they going to do what prospects might they go after and then will they move that prospect when they draft that person and then what are we going to do with the two second round picks we have because i'm interested in a particular player it's Isaiah Mobley. I really don't care about this draft other than the possibility that the Cavs could pick up Evan's brother. And I'm excited about that possibility because we've seen this before. The Morris twins and the Lopez brothers, we've seen brothers play together in the league before. You've got a real opportunity here to bring in Evan's right hand, a person that he has been training with and playing with since adolescence and from everything I read leading into the draft last year what's exciting about him is that he comes from a basketball family he's an amazing specimen because he just comes from that stock and Isaiah isn't touted to be what Evan is but I think them together 
could be something special. You don't need him to do any more than just come off the bench. And hell, even in the first season, you don't need him to do more than just be a contributor whenever and be there in support of his brother. See if we can bring this guy along and make him something that when they're out on the court together, instinctually, you would think they could play blindfolded. They'd be out there knowing exactly where the other person is at all times. So I'm excited about what we might choose later in the draft because he's like number 17 out of 20 power forwards projected to go in the draft. And so he could easily fall to us in the second round. That would be a fun pickup using one of the two second round draft choices that we have. I also think that it would be beneficial in kind of unlocking Evan, his full potential. I'm curious about when the shift happens, when the Cavs become Evan's team. I wouldn't say that's the case right now because of how young he is. And we've talked about he needs to kind of develop his size and maybe some of his handle as well and his shooting. But there's going to come a point where the team is going to all of a sudden realize, oh, Mobley is the catalyst for how everything moves and works and flows on the squad. And obviously Darius and Jared Allen and Sexton and other folks will be large contributors to that success. But I think adding Evan Mobley's brother would possibly make that a little bit of a faster timeline just because you would have a backup center who knows how to play with potentially your best player already. So that is very small learning curve. And he can also help the other folks as well in making sure that Evan is comfortable on the floor with them. I'm curious to see what Kobe Altman does. He has obviously a very difficult job, but depending on who he goes after in the offseason, like what we've mentioned and what types of players that he has to try to pursue in the offseason, this team is either going to get quote unquote backup point guard and or they would get a wing type of player with this 14 overall pick and part of that I think why that would happen is if Kobe Altman just doesn't feel like the free agent possibilities or the trade market out there would just you know if there's nothing out there for the Cavs to really get that's of value where I think the 14 overall pick helps the team it relieves some of that pressure for Altman so he understands oh I know that I can get this backup point guard and I'll pursue a wing in the draft or vice versa I think that that's something that the team needs, but you're right. They don't need a player to come in and be a full-time starter right away, which is exciting because they need a guy who understands how to play basketball and do it well, but not to the level or degree as everybody else that's on the squad right now. So that's exciting. Adam and I discussed some of the players that we liked in our last pod, and that's going to probably change and shift, where my assumption is I'll probably like four or five players, um, depending on how the mock drafts break out. But we'll we'll figure that stuff out later. Right now, we know that we're, we're at 14, so now everything's set. For me, I'm, I'll probably fall on one or two people that I want, but... I really appreciate your last statement about what options might be available at 14 and how it puts the pressure off of Altman to pick up a piece that isn't required to come in and start or contribute, especially the way that Evan did. I mean, that was amazing that he was able to do that. But um, that is what you expect of a top 10 draft pick, that they're going to contribute sooner rather than later. But uh, at 14, it gives you a lot of freedom to see where this guy can go over a longer period of or a more comfortable period of time, especially on a team that 
we still have a lot of options to go through trades or free agency to round out the holes in our roster. Thank you for listening to the Cavaliers Basketball Club podcast. Let's go Cavs.